0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, please be seated. Greetings to you all. Bishop Eric Menise, coming to you from the Chapel of St. James, it is such an honor and pleasure to be with you to open up the scriptures and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Like you, I am praying for the day that we can gather together for in-person worship, but I praise God for the technology that he's given us to be able to share the gospel through the internet and through the streams that go beyond the boundaries of our churches. I gather today with you to celebrate a much forgotten feast, the Feast of the Ascension. Now it comes between the resurrection of Jesus and 50 days later the uh, coming of the Holy Spirit on the Feast of Pentecost which we will celebrate on may 31st it's my honor and pleasure to open up the scriptures with you to share about jesus and his ascension to the right hand of the father but let me say one last time alleluia christ is risen the lord is risen indeed and while we come to the end of the season of easter it is a pleasure always to proclaim those words of christ's resurrection because they're grounded in history exactly the same way as the ascension of jesus is grounded in history while referenced eight times in the scriptures we read the primary account in the book of acts in chapter one saint luke wrote this uh, book under the guidance of the holy spirit and it's important to note that luke was a physician and historian and he roots his gospel and the book of Acts in history he recorded the birth of Jesus he rooted the event in historical setting of the Roman Empire in Luke 1 1 through 5 he reports to Theophilus and sets the birth during the reign of Herod he continues that tradition at the end of our Lord's earthly ministry by placing the location of the ascension in Luke 24 50 he says on the way to Bethany the traditional understanding of the place of the Ascension is on the Mount of Olives perhaps in the Garden of Gethsemane and four centuries or five centuries later Saint Helena the mother of the Emperor Constantine had a church built on the spot where Jesus's Ascension was purported to have been Luke also sets this event 40 days after the Resurrection in Acts 1-4, which is why the official day of the Ascension is on, is this Thursday in the sixth week of Easter. This year it falls on the 21st. Luke also emphasizes the presence of eyewitnesses. It's so important to note that the Ascension took place right in front of the eyes of the disciples, He writes in verse 9, before their very eyes. Yes, the ascension was a real event in history. Now, some might uh, logically ask, why didn't Jesus simply ascend to heaven on Easter Sunday? Well, Jesus had endured the 40 days of temptation with the devil in the desert, and now he's able to laud his victory over him And demonstrate his divine power to all the people in the post-resurrection period Jesus triumphantly paraded his victory over the devil and all his works and during this time the conqueror of death displayed his supremacy before the faithful followers so that they might share in the joy and his victory but there was another reason those 40 days of his appearing after the resurrection were of immense value to the believers for they established the reality of Jesus' divinity. A single sighting of the risen Christ may have been open to question, but the many encounters with the disciples that the disciples had with him would remove their doubts and even the doubts of the most skeptical among them. And assure them of Jesus' power and authority. Now, admittedly, the ascension is a mystery in the sense that it is beyond the scope of human experience. It is a mystery in the same way that Jesus' virgin birth was a mystery or his resurrection was a mystery. We don't understand these mysteries with our puny minds, but my lack of understanding does not limit the power of God's grace people will say well this is impossible Jesus couldn't have simply ascended into heaven people don't fly well true people can't fly but Jesus can people can't walk on water they can't heal the sick they can't feed 5,000 with just a few loaves and fish but Jesus can and did so it is a real event in history And it's recorded in the first chapter of the book of Acts. Let's look at that chapter for just a bit, if you will, with me. Several things jump out at me. The first, it's important to note that Jesus spoke of his ascension prior to his death. In the Gospel of John, Jesus is speaking about being the bread of life in the sixth chapter. And he says this, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending, To where he was before John 6 verses 61 to 62 then in chapter 20 of the Gospel of John Jesus says to Mary Magdalene after his resurrection do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father but go to my brothers and say to them I am ascending to my father and to your father to my God and your God secondly Let's look at what Jesus says at his ascension. Acts 1-6 says that the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, at this time, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? The disciples were good Jews and believed that with the coming of the Messiah would be the restoration of the kingdom of Israel, just like under King David. I don't know about you, but I can relate with that desire. I just want God to set everything right, and I don't want to wait for him to do it later on. I want him to do it now. Well, Jesus' response is very powerful. We have to remember that Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords, as the book of Revelation tells us, but he's not like an earthly king. He is beyond time and space, whereas an earthly king is bound by time. And space well Jesus's response is simply it's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority I know that that's a difficult response to hear for the disciples and it's a difficult response for us to hear but hear this Jesus is talking about the authority of God and the fact that he And each and every one of us are bound under that authority. In fact, to be a Christian is to be under authority. It's to proclaim that we are not the center of everything that God is. He is the creator and we are the created. And therefore we're bound by his authority. For us, especially as Americans, this just goes against the grain. We like to do our own thing and say that we're in charge of ourselves. The fact is, we are not. We are bound by the authority of Scripture. We're bound by the church. We're bound by the civil government. We're bound in the authority structures of our own families. And how we relate to that authority is a witness to how we see ourselves and God. Thirdly, Jesus speaks of the promise of Pentecost just before departing Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth that's verse 8 the promise of the Holy Spirit was fulfilled 10 days later of course when the Holy Spirit came on the Feast of Pentecost and it continues to be fulfilled This is a promise for you and for me, that the power of the Holy Spirit is ours if we will simply drop our defenses and open ourselves up to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Fourth, Jesus is ascended into heaven right in front of the disciples. How glorious that must have been. The disciples missed the resurrection but they were purposefully included in the ascension verse 10 tells us and when he had said these things as they were looking on he was lifted up and the cloud took him out of their sight that cloud is a symbol of heaven the same one referred to over and over again in the Old Testament remember when Moses went out on Mount Sinai and the mount was covered when he was speaking with God or the cloud that was over the tabernacle and led the people. Fifth, the two men, the two angels who make their appearance at the tomb of Jesus also accompany him here for his ascension. And he says to the disciples, or the the angels say to the disciples, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? Now who can fault these Disciples for staring up into heaven, wouldn't you? I know I would But here the angels break their concentration as if to say hello Time's a wasting you've got stuff to do Sixth and lastly we have the promise of the second coming of Jesus The promise isn't only to send his Holy Spirit uh, but also to return again And he will return to come as judge of the living and the dead the good news is Jesus is coming back the question is are we ready so what does all this mean for us what what do we see about uh, Jesus's character in the ascension well first of all it is based on the word of God. It's an actual historical event. It is the fulfillment of Jesus' own prophetic words. It is the fulfillment of his exaltation, the redemption of his humility, that this man who was so horribly crucified on the cross for our sins now sits at the right hand of God in glory. It demonstrates that Jesus is our Intercessor. St. Paul tells us that Jesus ascended into heaven and is busy. In Romans chapter 8, verse 34, he says, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. There Jesus sits between God and man as our intermediary. Every prayer that you pray, Jesus hears and brings to the Father, consistently advocating on your behalf. Think of when you have called out to the Lord. And imagine that Jesus is saying, Father, listen to your child. I can't help but think of the many times that I've called out to the Lord. One in particular is when I was 33 years old. I was diagnosed with avascular osteonecrosis, which is a bone disease. When I was diagnosed, the the very moment I was diagnosed, the doctor said to me, Well, you better prepare yourself because by age 50 you'll be in a wheelchair. I'm 58 and I'm not in a wheelchair. I called out to God and he heard my prayer and interceded with the Father and I have been healed. Now it wasn't a miraculous healing in the sense of God just touched me and I was healed completely. He healed me through surgeries through the work of doctors and nurses. But mostly through the work of my beloved wife who comforted me and cared for me uh, through a very difficult period of time. Jesus interceded on my behalf and now I can proclaim his glories and it's it's made me a, a better bishop a better. A son a better husband and a better man Jesus hears each and every one of your prayers and he intercedes on your behalf to the Father and then we see Jesus as judge Matthew 25 tells us that he will separate the sheep from the goats and 2nd Timothy 4 tells us that Jesus will judge the living and the dead so there he waits Enthroned at the right hand of the Father waiting to be our judge the same King Jesus who intercedes on our behalf Also prepares to be our judge Now the feast of the Ascension is on a par with Christmas Easter and Pentecost And it is all about Jesus and who we are in Jesus and who we will be in the future and Who we are now with him in the present? the question for us then is how do we live in this in-between time we have to ask ourselves the question are we redeeming the time until Jesus returns are we fulfilling the ministries God has given to his church well we have been placed where we are for a purpose you have been placed where you are for a purpose the two angels ask the disciples why do you stand there looking into the sky? It was the earth not the sky which they should be occupied with to be witnesses not stargazers and the same is true for us. Our calling is not upwards in nostalgia but outwards in compassion to the lost in the world that, know, that does not know Jesus. Let me say that again. Our ministry is not simply to look up and back in nostalgia but to look forward to a world that is hurting in a time that is very difficult i know that this age of coronavirus has come upon us quickly and uh, mysteriously but the fact is it's not a mystery to jesus you have been called you have been equipped you have been prepared to reach out and minister in this time first and foremost to call out to jesus for help to ask him to rid the earth of this scourge but also to share your time and your financial resources with those who are hurting economically this virus has been absolutely devastating the news has reported that those who earn under forty thousand dollars a year are At about a 40 percent unemployment rate the total unemployment rate is 20 percent and reaching 25 percent We pray that that will end soon, but the need is immediate and now Won't you consider sharing the resources that you have food? toilet paper money with those who don't have any Jesus ascended to the right hand of the father to be our judge And to be our intercessor and he waits and watches for you and for me as we open our hearts to him and we share our love we rejoice in his ascension and to that i say amen blessings and peace to each and every one of you